Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning. Chattanooga area. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of everywhere. (laughs) That's because we have lots and lots of water everywhere, everywhere. You know, we are, and I have to give us credit now, we are doing tremendous social distancing. I mean, when you think about social distancing, here we are entertaining, information, educating at many miles away. True, true. So we have got social distancing down pat. We do. And we've got a, we're social distancing. Yeah, and I think we've got a format for uh, those who are listening. Uh, we've got a format to go into the field and to actually do a um, remote from a deer stand, a turkey blind, uh, a boat. So we've got a way to communicate with everybody while we are out in the field. So one of us could be in the studio. If Tony wants to take a well-deserved day off and go turkey hunting, you could call me from the turkey woods via Skype or whatever, however we're doing it. I mean, you called me from India earlier. Uh, what was it? Two years ago. And, uh, three years now. Yeah, it it was funny because uh, I remember when you called, you said, I'm leaving. And I said, "Okay, well, be careful on your travels. And like 14 to 16 hours later, I get this call on my cell phone and the caller ID comes up Dubai. (laughs) And I'm sitting there thinking, who the heck do I know? Oh, wait, Tony may have a stopover. Well, I answered it and you're like, hey, what's up? And my first thought is NSA is going to be listening in on this call. I know they are. Yeah, Rob Pratula got a call from Dubai. So I'm one of the, you know, they're probably thinking I'm some sort of weird sleeper cell somewhere. (laughs) Well, you are. Yeah, well, I'm sleeping, but. And I've got some cells, believe me that. So So what's happening, man? Um, I'm reading over this. Information you sent me here just oh. a second ago. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. We had uh, our preview of the season setting yesterday. Yeah, I'm on slide 13 of 134 that you sent me at 4, 420, no, 440 something. I've only been through 13 slides of the 134. But <laughs> well, I figured, I, uh, you know, you that would make you feel good. Them. It'd make you feel good, you know, seeing that many slides about something. Well, you know, I, I'm sure it's all informational and educational but uh hey what i don't want to hear any more i don't want to have any more grief from you about my brim presentation being 80 slides long because this is 134 so i don't want to hear it yeah but that's not about brim that's about everything well mine's very specific and very good I'm not saying that TWAs, this is, they, they've given some good general information, but mine was more detailed and much more specific. 
Fair enough. So have you done any fishing? I have. I went out uh, Wednesday. Uh, did I would say on, on my scale, did not do well. Um, okay. I got eight brim, none of which were picture-worthy. They were all very, very small. I don't know if it was the front coming in Thursday that had them off or what, but I was throwing uh, several of my favorite flies, and I tried out some new patterns as well, um, which I got a lot of guff for online. Um, but it it did not uh, go well. Um, I don't know how to... I don't. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know if it was weather or what, but uh, it just did not go well. I mean, but I tied up some really new good fly patterns and uh, tried those out, tested them, and I guess I picked a bad day to test. Or, or is it because you're? Um, it's it's raining and blowing out every body of water, or I think so. And I think it's also. I think the the big front that that came through on Thursday also may have had them a little tight-lipped because um, I was fishing pre-front rather than post-front. So right. that, that may be some of it. But um, um, I did a lot of uh, tying this week, um, posted a few flies. If you want to follow me, uh, you know, look me up on Facebook, Rob Pratula, and uh, posted a few flies this week. And Yeah, uh, you made a fly out of a yellow mop or something. Now, I'm no, colorblind. It might have been green. I don't know. It, it was a green mop. I had to make okay. sure I checked with my wife because I'm colorblind too. But yeah, um, the mop fly got two, two of the brim, but um, that's more of a trout fly. And since I tied it up for trout, I've been getting a lot of flack online from a lot of my uh, uh, trout buddies that I've You're gone to. Your trout snob buddies? Yeah. I've gone to the dark side. You know, I was the chosen one and now I have done this. Uh, there was another comment was, oh, no, I can't believe this. You, you've you sunk to this level. And so I tied up a few of those flies. So it was so, kind of funny so, to see the reaction. So why do the, the trout snobs think of the, your mop fly that way? Um, it would kind of be like going to a BASS tournament and having a uh, like a wood deck raft with two 50-gallon barrels under it with a trolling motor and a battery on the deck with a lawn chair throwing a bobber and worm in a BASS tournament. I, okay. I hope that, I hope that concept makes sense. I, it, it's, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel. You don't use these flies because they're, they're not, they're borderline, not flies anymore. They're borderline, uh, like rubber jigs, they're borderline something that you would never throw with a fly rod. They're getting close to using bait. Uh, they're getting close to using it's like a, it's a piece of mop that you adapted to catch fish. Yes, and these snobs are turning their nose up at it. A few, yes, but it, it's more along the lines of if you tie these, they're effective. Everybody knows it. They're a really great fly, and everybody. You know, I don't want to be the one. It, it's kind of like a moped. They're fun to ride, but you don't want your friends to see you on one. 
Does Fair that make enough. sense? All Fair right. Enough. So that's that's the kind of the mop fly and the I tied the uh, squirmy worm with the uh, squirmy rubber out the back. I'm talking. I don't know if you saw that fly or not. It's got rubber out the back, like a strand of of uh, rubber tubing, and then a whole lot of yarn. And it's it's an ugly thing, but apparently it works really really great. And uh, it's kind of the hula popper of fly fishing. You gotcha. can't so. Hey, one of the things I want to talk about is turkeys. Um, I know we're in the midst of turkey season. You've seen the harvest numbers. We're uh, we're we're doing a tremendous job on, on on harvesting turkeys this year. I am. You would not believe this is an example of an email that I got. Um, I think our turkey population has taken a severe beating in this strange COVID-affected season. Protective measures must be taken immediately. And, and, and here, my, I'm trying to find my favorite part of this one. We desperately need to take severe measures to give our flock a chance to recover from the ridiculous kill numbers that we that we're inexcusably allowing to occur in Tennessee. And and it's just, and there was, uh, he also, this person also said something about uh, a massive slaughter. <laughs> okay. Now, and this is, oh, yeah, we have allowed an unprecedented turkey slaughter in Tennessee this spring. I'm like, okay. Would that be turkey getting? Well, now, and, and this is the reason I bring it up. It's not that I'm, I'm making. I, I think I think it's a little melodramatic. Um, yeah. But I'm not discounting the the person's concern about the turkey numbers, because don't get me wrong, we're up almost forty percent. True. If this holds going through the rest of the the, the season then we're going to have an unbelievable turkey harvest. We don't know that it's going to hold. True. Okay. We don't and know I, that it's going to hold. And I've got a comment on that, but go ahead. Uh, we also don't, I mean, because if you think about it, part of it too, if you think about last year, we were in floods the first three weeks of the season. I mean, it was constantly raining on the weekends. Um, uh, so we, we did a lot of harvesting in the last half of the season. We don't know. We maybe this year we get, I mean, it's supposed to rain today here in the Chattanooga area. Uh, maybe we end up with a situation where we have beautiful the first three weeks of the year and, or the season. And then we have horrible the last three. Um, we have gotten a lot of rain. I will say that. But as far as the, uh, I, well, shoot! I lost the point. You were you were saying our our numbers are up. You said something about that, and, I, and I've totally well. The lost numbers it. are up. The numbers are not in. We're not finalized for the year, right. so we need to look at the whole year. Um, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting the fact that we've taken a lot of turkeys this year. Uh, and I think we've taken a lot of turkeys because the um, kids are hunting. The the not just the kids. I mean, if 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 your kids are involved in 
uh, hunting, I mean, baseball, softball, soccer, and blah, 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 you're spending a lot of time at the field. This year, you don't have any of that. So you... I agree. You, the the socialism, at, or not social, the social aspect has been uh, significantly curtailed yep. to where you don't... You don't have something every day. You don't have to get the kids to baseball practice or ballet or whatever it is. And uh, if if y'all haven't seen it, my wife pointed it out to me, and she said, this is show prep. She brought it to me. There was a great post on the TWA website of a father-daughter hunt, and the daughter got a bigger turkey than dad, right. and he couldn't have been more proud huh. of the young lady, and she had a smile on her face that was as wide as the Mississippi. Um, yes, no doubt. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit when, and love to have uh, everybody's thoughts on that who are our turkey hunters. Cause they're the ones that are most passionate about the turkey slaughter. So uh, yeah. would, would love to, to hear what people have to think about it. Cause the numbers, I mean, we'll get the harvest numbers, I guess. I haven't looked at show prep. Maybe we'll get the harvest numbers. But we're looking at we close, to, we're close to 30000 for the year. Mm-hmm. So, all right. When we come back, we'll uh, get into that a little bit more. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, Whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday morning. Where you are? Glad you joined us today. All right, we have a caller, so let's go to the caller first. Beaver Man, how are you doing, sir? This is not the Beaver Man. Oh, okay. Man, I'm going to hang up just on on that premise alone. Uh, oh no! <laughs> Call me the Beaver Man. Well, me. Please stay with us. Sorry about that. I'm joking. I'm joking. This is Jason, long-time listener, long-time hey, caller. And I just I got a quick story just to kind of follow up on Rob's uh, mop fly tale. Okay. Several years ago, several years ago, I, I was fishing in Montana and caught the first 20-plus-inch trout I'd ever caught. Man, I was thrilled. I was telling everybody that would listen about it. And I was fishing a small stream two or three days later, and um, a little SUV pulled up, had California tags. And a real distinguished gentleman got out, he and his wife, and asked, do you have any luck? And I said, yeah, catching a few. And we were talking. And 
you know, they had on all the fly fishing gear and whatnot. And uh, I said, man, I caught a really good one three days ago. And I got my phone out and showed it to him. And he was so impressed, and so was she. And they were like, wow, that is a dandy. That is just a magnificent specimen of a fish. He said, what'd you catch it on? I said, well, I, I was fishing the Missouri River, and I hooked it on a San Juan worm. <laughs> yep. oh, <laughs> and they yeah. looked at me oh, yeah. like I would have, like I said, I caught it on a piece of corn. He said, a San Juan worm? He said, that's a worm yep. pattern. I said, yeah. And he and his wife promptly got in their SUV and, <laughs> and drove off. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So, hey, hey, Jason, I've got a story for you that that I don't know. If your your story is great, but I, I got to tell you this one. I was fishing the uh, Bighorn River, and sandworms are really big in the Bighorn. So what we were doing is using a hopper dropper pattern because there were a lot of hoppers in late August. So we put a hopper on top and then ran a sandworm off of it. Well, we found that the best sand uh, San Juan worm pattern was a red hook, just a red curved hook. No dubbing, no thread, no nothing, just a red blank hook under it. And we caught more fish on that red blank hook than we did on the hopper and i'm sitting there going okay this can't be right because there's no material on this it's not a fly we just tied a hook a red hook <laughs> under the hopper and we were catching these huge monster trout and so every time we'd catch one we would pull the hook out you know and and make sure we pulled that hook out before we took a picture because i'm sorry that was cheating and, and and but i didn't care we were catching you know 26 25 inch fish out there in, in in Montana and we were catching them on a bear bear hook that was happened to be red and those things were gold those things were gold <laughs> I thought they were red well, well they were but they were they were worth their weight in gold I'm telling you they were, that, it, 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 well I'm telling you I love to catch trout on a fly rod and I would prefer to catch trout on a fly rod with a uh, you know, number 14 or 16 dry fly. But right. all things being equal, at the end of the day, I like catching trout on a fly rod. So, you know, now I haven't resorted to putting a piece of corn on a hook yet on a fly rod, but, you know, who's to say that if somebody was pulling out slabs one after the other right beside me doing that, I may I may fall off the wagon and yeah, pop open a yeah, can. I mean, yeah, see, Jason, you sound like a, a almost snob. Yeah, almost, 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 until I get by myself, and then I go full on red, red, red. Well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my, we went to Teleco one time, and we could not, we could not buy fish, even with dynamite. I mean, it was horrible. And uh, so what we did is we took some Pepperidge Farm uh, multi-grain bread, got it wet, made basically a dough ball, and started creating these little worm-looking uh, things out of that Pepperidge Farm bread. And we started pulling fish out right and left. And um, 
and oh. people would come by and what are you throwing? And I was like, oh, it's just a little a little worm. It's just a little worm looking thing that we we created. Never would tell them because we didn't want people looking down on us. But hey, we were pulling fish in. Yeah. That's well, you know, fishing and hunting is all about good stories, right? Right. And you just told a really good story. Rob's got a good story. I've got a good story. And it all involves doing things that are a little bit south of what the purist would consider, you know, right and true. So <laughs> I I don't know. I like a good story. So, you know, keep on keep on making those dough balls. And, Rob, you keep on using those red hooks if that's what's getting it done. I'm telling you, it, it was amazing to me that, you know, I, I felt I really felt guilty. I don't know if that I, I mean we were catching so many fish. I felt guilty. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, how do I tell everybody back east when I get home? What'd you catch them on? Uh-huh. A red hook. No. <laughs> and nobody's gonna believe me. Nobody's gonna believe me. But we did. <laughs> uh, well, you, you hey, know, let me ask this real quick the... before I go. Um, yeah. Thinking of highbrow fishing, what what does a mop worm um represent is that supposed to be like a little grub a grub or if you tie it in green it's the case or a, a caddis fly if you tie it in green with a black head it's going to be a caddis that's come loose from the bottom the okay. the caddis nymph um a lot of times the tan can imitate a cased caddis and um that's from what I understand. The pink, which was really big the other day on the Hiawassee, I found out the pink mop fly was doing really, really well on the Hiawassee. The last time they turned off the generators and allowed generation about – or non-generation about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the pink represents. It may represent a a, a, a trout egg or a salmon, salmon egg or something like that, but – it's just a general non it's like a woolly booger. It's a nondescript um, general presentation. When you mentioned that a few weeks ago about the pink mop fly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I went on, I mean, I was looking high and low for a pink material to make a pink mop fly. And I ended up okay. taking a pink Sharpie, basically took a pink Sharpie and just kind of made some material out of that and, created my I can, own i hadn't had a chance to use them yet but so. i can hook you up there is a fly shop that has a lot of pink material it's called trout legend trout legend they're out of new york and they are in the same town that our good friend rob jeeves uh lives in they're out of buffalo new york i ordered okay. a a whole bunch of hooks bead heads and mop material on a Friday night, and they were at my house the following Tuesday. They're, okay. They are still shipping. They are they are fighting through the coronavirus, but Trout Legend, uh, the owner's name is Dijon, super nice guy, uh, sent me a personal thank you from ordering from them. Super great people to work with, and they have lots of, of mop material up there, especially in pink, and they have the uh, dubbing to go with it. There you go. All right, man. Trout legend. Trout legend. I got it. I got it down. All right. Well, thanks, Rob. My pleasure. You bet. See you, Tone. All right. See you. Have a great day. You too, man. Bye. You know, one of the the stories 
that I talked about when I talked about how important I think it is to use guides when you go to new places, at least you kind of get an idea of what's going on. First time I ever went to the White River, um, and I, I told you this story, you know, mm-hmm. we had a guide, um, I, and he was definitely a throwback from the 60s. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was uh, still hanging out with some wacky weed before we got on the water. But anyway, he was a great guy. <laughs> And, uh, but I'll never forget, we were, as we were rigging up to fish, he took a bead from a beanbag chair and placed it right above our, our fly, uh, cause we were using sinking flies and he put a, he put a beanbag, uh, bead on it, which lifted it about. Uh, three or four inches off the bottom, which is exactly where it needed to be for the fish to 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 get in it and and, and start uh, hitting it. And it was you would have never known that if you hadn't had a guide mm-hmm. that knew the waters and knew what was going on. So I'll tell you, the local guides have the knowledge, and there's sometimes stuff you don't think will work, and it totally works. I mean, at least in fishing. Now, I you know, some of this may or may not apply to hunting, but there's times when you need to match the hatch, as we say in fly fishing. But the hatch is something that you can't really match. So you go something close, or you know, like like I said, the San Juan worms. We were literally using a bass stinger hook that was red. Right. And they thought it was one of the aquatic worms, and they were hitting that more times than they were our dry flies. Sure. So, you know. It, All right. It, it, well, we didn't do the turkeys in. We'll do those when we come back from this next okay. break. And uh, I'm going to run and get a cup of coffee. Sounds we'll good. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Last year we had a bumper crop when them white oak acorns started to drop. So many I twisted my ankle walking to the stand. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is the perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. 
Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. I guess that should be, you know, full disclosure. I'm selling some guns in this one, too. <laughs> full disclosure, there goes my paycheck. Again. Again, yeah. Well, but, you know. But I can understand. No, see, the problem is, Rob, I'm not going to pay you. Why? I got a gun. Okay, I can see that. You know, see, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, see, here, you know, not that I'm. Oh, very nice. That's, Ooh, uh, that's, that's a new wild. one. No, it's it's actually probably the one of the oldest ones I've got. But I went out and bought a barrel. Mm-hmm. And y'all can't see this on the radio, but I'm showing this to Rob and Jesse. He's holding uh, up to the camera. This is a 357 SIG barrel for my SIG. Nice. I have all this the this is an old gun. It's a small gun by today's standards. It only holds eight. Um, well, with 357 was, SIG, how many do you need? I one, mean, really? One. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'm saying. Is that well, included in the was, chamber? And see, this is a 40 now, and I've always wanted to convert it to 357 SIG, which mm-hmm. is simply a barrel change. Um, right. And I never did. SIG discontinued it. So, I actually paid as much for that barrel and three magazines as probably some people have paid for guns. Um, but I've I wanted that barrel for a long time. I've had this gun probably nearly thirty years, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted that barrel. And I found a guy on eBay who's wanting to sell one, and unfortunately for me, the I wanted the barrel more than I wanted the money. So I bought it. Hey, good for you, man. Good for you. That's why I say, I mean, you know, 357, you know, why fire more than once? That's why you carry yeah. a 357. I love the round, and this is a small gun, but it's a heavy gun, so it really is, it's it's fun to shoot. So when I told you yesterday that I was ready for some aromatherapy, that was because I had just picked up the barrel and the magazine uh, yesterday. So. <laughs> and I asked if the aromatherapy was, uh, you know, smokeless powder, and you said, Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so I may uh, I may go and I may go burn a, a, a few boxes through this today just to to enjoy myself. Well, now that, that sounds really like fun. Now that eight is that a lot of fun. That eight does that include the one in the chamber? Yes. All right. Hey, yeah, you only need is, one with three fifty seven sig. I'm telling it you, it is it's like forty five. It's a. Um, it, it's old school. I mean, it. This was like I said. This. I don't know when they first brought this gun out, but the concept of of carry guns uh, was nowhere uh, compared to what it is today. So, uh, and the other problem with Sig, uh, I mean, I love Sig, but the thing of it is, is Sig is a very heavy gun, and I've got nine millimeters that weigh half as much and have twice as many rounds. Um, you know, so there's, 
it's not as popular from that perspective just because it is so heavy. But the difference is it's not a polymer gun. It's it's an all-metal gun. Uh, the frame and everything is metal, so it's a it's a heavy gun. It's kind of like the difference between shooting a uh, a polymer three fifty seven like two inch Smith versus a full metal two inch Smith. I mean, there's a there's a significant you, you feel the recoil on that. You do, you know, at, you at do. least with that that particular or the version I'm using. So, all right. So we were talking earlier about the turkey harvest that we mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually going to talk about it. All right, okay. so as of, I'm assuming this was yesterday, we've killed 29,637 turkeys uh, in the state. Correct. We killed a little bit over 31,000 last year. All right, so if, if I'm, I'm going to do math here, which is kind of scary this early in the morning. Mm-hmm. You may go over the region numbers while you're doing math. Yeah, that's, that's fine. All right, leading the region is uh, num- region number two with 11,279 turkeys taken in that region. Number two is region one with 6,190. Number three is region four with 6,166. And region three, our region is fourth out of the four regions with 5,986, which I don't understand, but I'll ask that question a little bit later. There's a lot more turkey in the others. Uh, I, I got that, but why? I, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, the numbers tell me that. Thank you, Captain Obvious, but, uh, you know. You're the I'm one not, that asked. Well, um, I, sorry. Well, was, Region 2, Middle Tennessee. And I'm assuming Region 2 is Middle Tennessee, like from the Tennessee River to where we are, uh, or just west of where we are. They're huge. Region yeah, but- 1, which is West Tennessee, is huge. Region 4, which is Upper East, where all the bears, you know, there's no deer, there's no nothing, there's just bears. Well, now, there's only a couple of hundred birds separating the other three regions. If you throw Region 2 out... There's only a couple of hundred birds separating the other regions. Right, you know, but I mean, apparently those bear hunters up in Upper East Tennessee are real good at taking turkeys, too. So, just saying. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with how much people, how many people are in the woods. And I think, I think there's two factors. I think the other factor, quite honestly, is the tag before you drag, the new tagging system. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I know people who would wait till they get home to tag their deer and, oh, wait, I didn't get stopped on the way home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're turkey. I didn't get stopped on the way home. So I may forget to tag this one then Mm because once I carve it up, it's, you know, how do you know what it was or whatever? I guarantee there was that. And now if you do that and you get stopped, then you're going to get a ticket. True. So I think there's a lot of people that are actually tagging. So I think we're getting better tagging numbers. I do think there's a lot of more people in the woods. Yes, yes, that um, was my that that was my argument. And I have no doubt that there's a lot of people that are uh, are hunting and, and and being successful this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but twenty nine thousand six hundred and thirty seven is a lot of turkeys. But I'm not I'm not convinced, and neither are the biologists, that this is going to have a long-term detriment to 
to the population. I remember my comment from like three segments ago when you said, you know, talking about turkey numbers. Uh, what was it? 2018 and 2019 were terrible flood years, and we had lower numbers of turkeys. And a lot of it was the turkey nests flooded. Mm -hmm. uh, the turkeys couldn't find a good place to nest because of high water, et cetera, and so on. So the turkey numbers that they were producing were down. Mm -hmm. And I think this year we've we've had a lot of rain, but it's been, I would say, consistent. Not Well, we've had a lot of flooding rain. Don't get me wrong. We've had a lot of flooding rain, but – I think that this year may be a little bit different, um, maybe as far as the timing, as far as when they clutch their turkeys. So I think there may be a bigger yearling this year. So I think turkey numbers, I, and, and this is entirely speculation. I'm not a biologist, but I think you know maybe if we got the turkeys to a point where they could survive the flood, then we're going to have larger turkey numbers. That well, there's a, there's a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, the, the season, um, right. when they're nesting, when they're hatching. Um, so there's a lot of discussion about that. And it's really interesting. Uh, people are very passionate about their turkeys. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I kind of read some of the highlights of the email that I've been getting. And, uh, and we just proposed yesterday, and uh, this would be TWRA proposed to the commissioners uh, a lot of things that they're wanting to do. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how people respond over the next 30 days to uh, to us about turkeys and, uh, and deer, because deer is the other part. And we'll get into that probably in the next hour, but we'll get into that as well. So um, big numbers. If you've been successful out there in the woods, why don't you uh, give us a call? I'd love to hear about that as well. All right, let's go pay a bill, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk something for a couple of minutes before the, the top of the hour. I don't guess we have anything on the calendar yet, do we? Uh, actually, we do, and we can run through the rest of the turkey numbers, so that should take up the last uh, few right. minutes. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. And I am told we have the real Beaver Man. Not the fake one, but the real one. Not to offend Jason at all by any stretch of the imagination. Hey, Beaver Man, how are you? I heard that there was perhaps some uh, confusion that uh, well, hopefully there was did not a, lead into consternation. There was a premature Beaver Man sighting. Uh, Our producer got uh, quick with the buttons. 
He was excited that you were on the phone with us. I got confuzzled. Confuzzled? Okay, yes. well, it's, uh, you know, I, I am a patented and copyrighted um, entity, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let it slide this time, but there will be copyright enforce, enforcement placed upon you next. Hey, um, guys, I've, uh, I haven't done anything as far as being outside except being outside and flogging individuals into doing their job. Um, yeah, my, my vote on our, our T-shirts for our company, the floggings will continue until morale improves. That, yep. um, they, they didn't Love vote it. for that slogan. I don't know why. But, um, bet, uh, that's a good motivator. I bet you're a joy to work with. <laughs> my boss texted me the other day and said, Man, you got three guys over there shoveling dirt, and there's an excavator parked you know, next to it. I'm like, yep, built character. <laughs> All a part of the experience. So, <laughs> anyway, that that aside, no, I'm I'm a real jerk on the job site. You, you might not guess that about me. I'm all business, and um, it is uh, just one of the things because trees are more important than people. It's bottom line. Huh. Huh. So, um, Rob, did you tell everybody about how you got skunked the other day in the easiest to fish pond in the world? I did. I didn't say I got skunked. I got eight, but none of which were picture worthy. And by picture worthy, <laughs> I mean they were less than six inches, just real small dinks. Um, yeah, I didn't. Even with my. I, I tried a few of my new patterns, which produced a few, but then I went to the tried and tested patterns, and it just wasn't good. I, and, and I speculated it was the the major front that was coming through that had them tight-lipped, but uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. That, 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 that's, that's what all people that can't catch fish say. Okay, fair oh, enough. Well, fair not enough. a problem. <laughs> just call it the... Uh, you didn't try the Smalley Beaver like I told you, did you? No. Smalley Beaver I did gets not. you every time. Well, that's right. I forgot. Rob would not be caught using hardware. True. Except circling back to your conversation earlier about guides, except when we were on the Halston and the guide said, um, you know, we're doing a lot better over here with the spinning tackle if you wanted to use one, Rob. Yeah, and he said, "Put down." The, and after after about two two more miles, he said, "Put down the darn fly rod and pick up a spinning rod, would you?" For crying out loud, I said, "Okay, fine." And it was did, hard and to do. What happened? Right on. Yeah, but every so, yeah, see, I'm, the, I'm fished with guides literally from Maine to Alaska to Florida to Arizona and other states in between. And there's good ones, and then there's crappy ones. The good ones, you know, will just say, "Okay, here's here's what we're gonna here's what we used last time, and 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 let, let's try this." You know, the the bad ones are, well, you know, they're like the rest of us. They just have surly personalities and don't want to play well with others. And um, but the you know they're like, "Let's do this. This works. If this doesn't work." You know, they, they shift gears and, and have a contingency and then another contingency. 
Well, anyway, Beaver Man, we've got uh, to go break at the top of the hour, sir. Okay, gentlemen, y'all have a good one. Thank you, you too, Beaver sir. Man. I'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you, sir. All right, Robert, first hour's in the can. We're getting ready to go, and uh, I'm going to go get that coffee now. I didn't get the coffee before, so I am going okay. to restock. I'm going to unstock and restock. Sounds like a plan. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be back here in just a minute. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you this Saturday morning, halfway through the turkey season. We've already killed our annual allotment of turkeys, so everybody quit going hunting. Just me and Rob will go from now on. That sounds like a plan. Probably won't hurt the turkey population at all if we do, but... Absolutely not. You've seen me shoot, so. <laughs> uh, you've got a turkey, so. Yep. All right. So we have Andy on the phone, I think, is what you told us, Jesse. Yep, he so is. Let's go ahead and bring Andy up. He held on through the break. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good morning, Tony and Rob. Hope you guys Good get a turkey today. Well,. I haven't even looked at the weather. What's the weather supposed to be like today? It's supposed to rain. I've, well, not not a, not enough rain to keep you out of the woods if you really want to oh, go okay. hunting. Good. But okay. uh, I, all the all the folks that are saying, oh, we're killing too many turkeys and that kind of stuff, uh, they should stay out of the woods. And, and might as well go ahead and wipe your guns down and put them back up in the gun case and just wait on next year, right? If, if yeah. too many turkeys right. are being killed. <laughs> Uh, I know we've killed a lot more, but the population, I believe, can handle it. And if you don't think you can, then just quit hunting. That's that's the only vote you get. Well, I'll be I'll be straight up. There's been a lot of discussion uh, at the commission level with the biologists and stuff. They're convinced that our turkey population is just fine. Um, and um, you know, I kind of look at it a different way. I've, I. I've spent the last two years on the commission trying to figure out how to recruit hunters uh, to get them out in the woods. I don't think we could have done anything in the world to help increase the the hunting population like we did. Absolutely. uh, I've seen a big increase in, like, the uh, mushroom groups uh, that you're now Mm. part of. Uh, I've added 3,000 people to that group uh, just this year. And it's been going for eight years. Uh, the first eight years, I had 800. And just this spring, it's been I've added 3,000 people. So a lot more That's people awesome. in the woods, a lot of kids in the woods, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I've been in the woods yeah. myself. I've caught up 10 gobblers so far for myself, my dad, my daughter. And I guess we're practicing catch and release because we've only taken two of them <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love it. That's, I love that's it. turkey hunting. That is turkey hunting it. for sure. I'll All tell right, you what, gentlemen. though. Um, 
Andy, your group, the uh, the Moral Hunters group, I have learned more just from people's posts on that particular Facebook group than I've learned in a long time. Seeing everybody and uh, seeing everybody go out and hunt those. Um, yeah, and that's, that's exactly I, it, it's amazing. Group. It, it it's a great group, and it's amazing to see the the mushrooms that are coming out of you know the wild edibles that are coming out from local areas and it it's yep. it, it, I saw somebody with one that had to be as big around as my fist the other day it was like wow yeah the uh, the so it's a Tennessee morale mushroom hunters group on Facebook is what uh Rob's talking about if anybody here locally wants to join just answer the membership question with a yes and I'll let you in. But it's a fantastic way just to learn more about what's going on in the woods and, and like what people yep. are finding and what time of year. Uh, right now we're at the end of the morel season and chicken of the woods and oysters and that kind of stuff is coming into its own. So if you see a bright orange mushroom, it, you might have found something just as good as turkey. Hmm. Or the chicken of the woods. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've got to uh, I've been I've been looking at different recipes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, got to get out and do some of this. I hope you do. I'm headed to the woods this morning myself. I've got a KGO gobbler that's almost always hand up, but I keep working on them. Well, good for you, Andy. All right, y'all take care. Thank you, Thanks, man. sir. So have you gone out looking for, I know you did in high, uh, in college, right? I did. I did a lot of morel hunting in college. Um, it, I was went to school up in Kentucky, and that that was a really big thing. I, I, but the problem is, and there's a lot of good information, like I said, um, on Andy's Facebook group, and, and the, it's the Tennessee Morel Hunters. Um, I had issues with, I found what I thought to be morels, but they were false morels. I found the poisonous ones, and unless I had somebody there to tell me, no, here's the difference between the two, and they showed me uh, the breakdown, how one grows one way and one grows the other way, but they look very, they look almost identical. And unless you have a, an expert there, you won't know the difference. Um, so when I was in college, I did a lot of that. So it it was good to get that information, and you can get that information now via Facebook or online or whatever the case is. And uh, speaking of online, um, I've been watching a lot of fly tying videos, and uh, I've had a whole bunch of people reach out to me and ask me, you know, what where can I learn to tie some flies during this time period of social isolation and i've been referring lots of people to some really good websites that will get you started in fly tying so if you want any of those um if you want any of that information hit me up on facebook i'll be more than happy to provide it to you or shoot me a message whatever so cool all right so we talked a little bit about the turkey numbers. Um, let me get the actual presentation up. Um, 
show prep or the presentation? The presentation. I'll okay. talk a little bit about the, the turkeys. You want me to stall and do the numbers or? <laughs> you don't have to stall. It's not going to take just... me that long. Okay, well. I don't think. <laughs> well, the weekly increase from last year, from last year, or I'm sorry, from last week to this week, from last week we've killed 5,006 turkeys from this time last week to this time this week. Last year, at this time period, we've taken 18,129. This year, we have taken 29,637, an increase of 11,508. So we are up big time turkey this year. There was, uh, I, I found it interesting. So we, we get a lot of I guess, discussions on, on what we should do because everybody knows better than the biologist what should oh, yeah. be done. Oh, yeah. Uh, first thing we need to do is reduce the, the number of birds from four to three. Okay? Okay. And that would account for about 1,000 birds, 1,100, something like that. Statewide. Statewide. 11,000. 11, so, 61, there were 19, or that, all right, 19,332 successful hunters last year. Okay. All right. 61% got one bird. So if my math is right, here we go. So you should not let me do the show from my office where I have calculators. Well, you're an accountant, so I trust you. I trust all your numbers. So 193 people got one bird. Is that right? No, that's not right. No. You shouldn't trust me. No, because I'm doing the math in my head. I'm trying to. 11,793 people got one bird. Okay. Okay. All right. So I was looking at 1% is what I did. So... Uh 4,447 people got two birds. That's a significant decrease in the number of people. Oh, yeah. 1,900 people got three birds. Oh, that's even, that's what, not even a third. Mm Mm-hmm. And 1,159 people got one bird. I mean, four birds. Okay. So that's yeah. That you're, we're saving eleven hundred and fifty nine birds if we go down to three, right? So I don't think that's going to do a lot to um, save our birds. No, um, yeah. because most most people are taking one. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, let's go to the phone real quick. Talk to Ross. Hey, Ross. Good morning, guys. Just wanted to, uh, I'll comment on the turkey here in a minute, but wanted to let everyone know that July 11th is our new Great Outdoors Festival event. Uh, we've targeted a date. The other news in there, uh, we have changed the time. Normally we go 11 to 3. We know it's going to be hot in July, so we're going from 9 to 1. Um, trying to get okay. a little earlier start. 
Uh, we've had several people call us and email about this weekend today, which is, you know, our governor has not released us yet, so we're still in lockdown until May 1st. But anyway, that's not happening. So just trying to get the word out there that, hey, we're excited about it. Uh, don't know. I haven't been able to find out what vendors are going to be able to support me because I haven't been on the phone with them yet, to be quite honest. Sure. We just made a decision a couple of days ago. Sure. But uh, I do know Sportsman's Warehouse is there to support us. Uh, we got 300 memberships to give away to the kids. That's $4,500. That's a big donation for us, and we really appreciate that. And uh, we'll we'll retool and vamp, and hopefully we can get a, a, a good showing. Hey, Ross, um, what time do you want, uh, like, I know I'm going to be representing Trout Unlimited. What time do you want us out there to set up if you're starting at 9? Well, we'll try to set up the day before for Ken, Rob. You know, if all possible, put our tents up and stuff. Okay. Uh, but, right. you know, if you can be there at 8 o'clock, I know it's early for you. Well, you're up anyway. So. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we'd like for our other vendors to be there by 8. Uh, that way, uh, at 9 o'clock, people start showing up right after breakfast. Like said, it's going to be a, a different uh, event. It's going to be hot and humid, which is a good thing, I guess. Uh, get rid of this COVID nineteen, uh, they say. So, um, but yeah, we want to start, you know, as early as we can. All right, I'll talk to my buddies, and we'll try and get a drift boat out there uh, set up, you know, for the kids to play in and all that. So, uh, if we need to do it the night before, I can probably tow it. So, not a biggie. We'll we'll get it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you set up, man. Yep. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Like I said, you know, we're, we're trying to get retooled and vamped on this, and I think, you know, we'll have a good turnout. I've got a lot of interest in it already from emails. Had a couple of calls this week. So, uh, you know, it's it's different, but it is what it is, and we want to try to have it for the kids this year. So, and going back to the turkey story, you know, Tony, I, my observation is, is I'm hearing more and more, and I've even seen as many 11, 12 jakes at a time. And, and you know, back in the day, I can remember 10 years ago, I'd do good to see three or four jakes together. So right. uh, I, I just really, you know, my observations are we're not hurting the population. I think habitat's, you know, increased, uh, you know. So uh, and I've only been hunting five times, six times this year, so – Having to work off a lot, but that's okay. Uh, I still keep in touch with a lot of people, so uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I agree the numbers are strange, but I think the birds have been a little bit more vocal maybe uh, earlier this year than they were in previous years because we had that real warm spell, if you remember, back in April. So maybe oh, that helped. It's, I don't know. Um, I, it's Again, I've, I've been doing a, a lot more about turkey research than I would have ever dreamed, and uh, um, and, and and I've been talking to a lot of different biologists, and uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this this does play out. But it, as I kept telling everybody, we need to get to the end of the year before we start trying to compare to end of year numbers. Oh, I agree. And well, this last segment of Prince Cooper, I noticed they've only killed one yesterday and one the day before. Where they were killing three and four days, so exactly. Uh, so. And of course, and you know maybe the number of people have increased due to the COVID nineteen. You know, uh, the wife has kicked you out of the house more or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. Hey, Ross, we got to go pay a bill, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk about that if you can continue listening, and, and we'll be sure and promote the uh, uh, the uh, the Youth event Festival, yeah. on July 11th. Yes, July 11th. Yeah, I'll try to hang on with you. I've got a meeting here at 6.30. i got to get on with and just listen to TVA. I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking this morning, believe it or not. I understand. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Just let's go pay a bill, and we'll come back and continue talking turkey, deer, whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Tony Sanders Outdoor. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sports' Warehouse has always supported the Chattanooga community and all the local conservation groups, wild game dinners, youth events, and much, much more. Please go and see them today at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Because whatever you need, whether it's camping, fishing, hiking, or hunting, whatever you need for your outdoor adventures, you can get it at Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Check them out at sportsmans.com. Sportsman's Warehouse, located at the corner of 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Leaves are turning, there's a chill. Just, uh, <laughs> we were said during the break, uh, I just discovered there's closed captioning on Facebook Live, which I find really interesting. I didn't know that yes. was a thing. Uh, yes. It's, it's, apparently, it's automatic. Like auto-generated yes. uh, captions on like, YouTube videos and stuff like that? I don't, well, the, I, I don't know about that, but I know that Facebook Live is, um, because I I'm watching the show on Facebook, but I've got it muted so it doesn't come back through my speakers or through my microphone. And uh, I'm sitting there looking, and it's I'm, I'm getting Facebook Live closed, closed captioning almost real time. I mean, it's just a few second delay between what I'm hearing on the on the radio and, and what I'm yeah, seeing that, on Facebook. That's because of the uh, ADA compliance. What ADA compliance? Uh, the videos have to be ADA compliant. We're not in school here. Well, I know, but okay. It... I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. They they want the uh, availability uh, for people to listen. So it's a, it's a algorithm that they have on Facebook. Um. I mean, and, and that may be, but I don't think it's, you know, not like the the hell you've gone through trying to get everything ADA compliant for the last two or three years at schools. True, true. But, so, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. somewhat familiar with that, so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just a little bit. Yeah, uh, don't even get me going. When you say hydrodynamics and it comes out something totally different and then you have to spell actually hydrodynamics out, it, it, yeah, never mind. We, 
Yeah. Well, I'm not. That's my work stuff. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going there. Um, Yeah. All right. uh, The boat ramps finally opened up. Yay. Uh, Specifically, Wolf Cleaver and Harrison Bay. Um, Those should have never been closed. I'm just, I'm sorry. I agree. And I appreciate Uh, you fighting for them. I have, I have, I've pissed off people from here to Nashville. I can tell you. <laughs> um, and I want to, I want to do a shout out. Um, not that this is not to, you know, discount any other elected representative, but uh, Robin Smith, who is uh, my representative here in Hickson, but also covers part of the Highway 58 area, including Walkover really went to bat for the fishermen to to get the ramps open. And and if I pissed off some people, she pissed off some really people really big. <laughs> right. Yeah, it goes, uh, up, it goes up the chain. Yeah, so I want a, a big shout-out to her. She was uh, in touch with me almost every day. Uh, she works hard, and, uh, and Rob and I are good friends. So we, we go back a long time. Uh, but it just was nice uh, to have an elected representative uh, respond. And, and again, it's not you know, Robin is was doing it this time, and Bo Watson has done it for me before, and, and different people have done it. And the, we get, we got a great delegation here. And I know we don't talk about politics on this show much, just because I choose not to. But as I've said numerous times before, politics is in everything, and it's a relationship. And you got to have people that will go to bat for you. And while I, as a TWRA commissioner, can do one thing, uh, I, as a TWRA commissioner, coupled with a representative or a senator, uh, can do more. Yes, and, uh, and so Indeed. I give her credit. Uh, it was a, a, a battle, and and I'm not going to get into all the details and things that were said, but. Um, let's just say that from in, in Nashville, Tennessee, there are people that know about Wolf Teaver and Harrison Bay, and as well as the opinion on whether they should have been closed or not. <laughs> well, um, I know all the local fishermen would like to say, and and I will join in them saying, thank you for trying. So Yeah, we try. Let's go to Dave. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, How Dave. are we? How are you? Oh, doing great. Almost home down here around Dalton, heading northbound. Glad it's over. Hey, so i got a question for you. You go right ahead. You are, and you invited me to part of a Facebook group about riding trails in your utility vehicles, whatever they Mm -hmm. are. Yep. Now, you got the real fancy race car stuff like the Ferraris, and and i got the old clunker, you know, four-wheel drive truck. Uh, can I go with where you you've been going? Oh yeah, Lord yes. You uh you bought a what a nine hundred razor? Is that what you ended up with? That your uh, sidekick bid five, for you? Five seventy Ranger. Okay. Oh Ranger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. We uh, uh we we ride it in the mountain. We're part of the. It's a membership thing. Of course, it's you know we live right at the foot of the mountain. I mean, we pull out the driveway and we start up the trail. So it's real convenient there but yeah there you uh, you can just go a lot of different places there's there's a few things you might not be able to do that 
my machine would do. But I mean, we don't. I don't get too crazy with it. We just we just like to get out and social distance, even when we don't have to. Sure, sure. Well, it's something yeah, that uh, you know. I, I've I've got the Ranger. It's been in my basement pretty much since I bought it. So I need to do something with it. And I've been watching well, some yeah. of your posts and stuff where you and your wife go out and ride the trails and have a good time. And uh, and so it looks like something that would be fun to do. Oh, yeah. We may, we may try to go a little while tomorrow, uh, Sunday afternoon or something. Just holler anytime. We'll just we'll take off. Have you got a little trailer you can pull it with? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, yeah, see, we can take a – we can bring a guest along up there. You know, we, we got a key to the gate and just go in and just ride and – have a big time, see a few deer, and, you know, of course, uh, there's a wildlife management area up there right in the middle of all that. It's Cummins Cove, WMA. They've, yeah, we're actually somebody trying gave, to sell that. Gave them some acreage a few years ago. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you know, like I say, it's all outdoorsy, so we really love it. It's, we used to, we were into motorcycles for years, and I don't know, I just kind of lost nerve. I've done it so long, so I thought, well, we'll just play in the mud holes. A lot safer. Do, um, <laughs> now, do you ride any place else other than on Etna? Oh yeah, yeah. We ride uh, Prentice Cooper as soon as turkey season's over. We'll go up Prentice Cooper. Now that's a Prentice. Of course, I love Prentice Cooper anyway. But uh, a lot of easy riding up there. But it's just awesome just to get out and ride in the woods. You know, you, I, I get tickled at folks talking about the amount of turkeys killed up there this year. Uh, goodness, we go up there trail riding and. We have to stop in the road and let 40 and 50 birds cross the road. They just look at you like, what are you doing here? This is my road. Now, there's birds everywhere on that mountain. They just must be hard to hunt when hunting season now, is. But is, uh, they're everywhere. Now, Cooper, do you ride, is it mainly on the roads? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, okay. you know, all the main roads. You know, Prince Cooper's mapped out real well. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of easy riding, really good riding up there. It's just you know, nothing real technical where you have to worry about tearing anything up or anything. Just get out and get in the woods and ride around a little bit and pack a lunch. Sure. Okay. It's a, Good. Makes a great day. Hey, listen, I got a question real quick. Um, uh, has anybody mentioned, I see on a lot of these um, sites I look at and things of these other states, you know, they've gone to so many of the states that used to have shotgun only where they went straight wall cartridge. And some of the states are replacing muzzle loader with, straight wall they're yes. including it in, in a in what they used to be you know primitive weapons as long as it's straight wall cartridge you don't you don't see tennessee ever doing that do you we you have uh, it was asked two years ago and there was not a lot of support we we're getting asked again because we're in the season setting um but there just doesn't seem to be a lot of support to, to uh to do that in tennessee at this time yeah yeah i don't blame them i just I've done it. Last year, I bought a 450 Bushmaster, and it's just a fun little cannon to shoot. I thought, well, if they ever do that, I might carry it some, but I, I would end up missing my old front stuff or two. I like to shoot it, so you know how sure. that goes. Yeah, so uh, and a lot of those now. were, were single-shot only type deals, and so right. I would say it would happen someday, but right now, there's just not a lot of not a lot of appetite for it. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Rob, uh, I'll let you guys go, but I want to uh, – you and your college mushrooms, is that what happened to you, Rob? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, I went hunting for way too many mushrooms and skipped too many classes, so, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. 
<laughs> be careful what you pick up off the ground and eat, Rob. Very careful. Okay, will do. I mean, I am a child of the 60s, so you know how it goes. There you go. All right, guys. Listen, uh, anytime you want to <laughs> holler at me on the weekend, we'll just we'll go play in the mud. So. We'll do it. We'll do it. That sounds All great. Right, buddy. Uh, good to talk to you Thanks. guys, and have a good morning. Take care. See you. See you, David. Bye-bye. All right, let's go, Jesse, and pay a bill. When we come back, we'll uh, continue the discussions on Tony Sanders Outdoors. On a couple rusty nails, and it's worth a Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Man, Rob, we've about done another show. Can you believe that? Rob, you're muted. Sorry about that. I, I hit the mute button. Sorry about that. We are... Well, it's it's funny uh, when I adjust the volume on my headphones, uh, it it'll put the mute on, mm-hmm. which I don't understand why it does that, but it does. So, sorry about that. Okay. I do apologize. Um, huh? One one story I do want to hit if we can. Sure. Um, uh, the headline is coronavirus prompts New Hampshire fishermen to start a new venture. You've heard of the farm to table well these fishermen in portsmouth new hampshire are doing boat to table okay and they've got a great system set up what they're doing is you call in your order and the local fishermen who are really struggling right now and you know 
they don't have the seafood buyers coming down and, and getting everything for the restaurants. Um, they're, they're really hurting. Um, and since the buyers haven't been entering the local markets, some fishermen have turned to local media and uh, social media to put a twist on the farm-to-table movement and making it boat-to-table. So what they do is you call in your order. They go out and get it. You bring your own bags. You bring your own ice. You bring whatever you need to keep the seafood fresh, and it literally touches only one gloved hand. It comes out of the ocean. The guys are wearing gloves, you know, like, you know, just to handle the fish or the lobster or whatever it is. And then you get it at the dock, and they're practicing a lot of good social distancing stuff. The people who are taking the seafood off the boat, you know, are gloved and masked, and they're giving you fresh seafood right off the dock. And you can't ask for any better than that. And I think this is a great idea. I mean, these fishermen are trying to get out there and, and earn a living. All right, I'm going to ask a question. Mm-hmm. How's that any different than any other time that you go to a ocean area? Can't you buy fish right off the dock all the time? In some cases, yes, but the normally the fish buyers and the restaurants get there first. Okay. Um, having done that and having participated in that process um i can say this when i came off of a uh, big tuna trip off of uh the coast of maryland when i was in college we came back to the dock with six tuna and we backed the boat up and there were people there saying hey i'll give you you know eight dollars a pound for that fish and then we had another guy saying no i'll give you nine dollars a pound and they were from local restaurants right wanting to get whatever we had uh we said you know we're not selling we're gonna keep and uh you know we staked out the tunas and you know we we staked them out real good so um and we took them home but there were there were buyer uh, seafood buyers major company seafood buyers and they had big trucks, and they would take your fish if you sold it for X number of dollars a pound. And they took the fish and then took it to the local restaurants or to the local processing places and either shipped it or kept it locally, whatever the so case these guys, be. So these guys are cutting out the, the, the buyers and just going straight to the, the consumer. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's really a great thing that these guys are doing. They're, they're literally cutting out the fishmongers for lack of a better term and that's they're selling not, to local not, community. Whoa, 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 whoa. that's not a good term well no no fishmonger is actually what you call somebody who's that's a fish seller a fish yeah, but in in today's society we don't use the word fishmonger unless we're using monger in a negative tune well, right uh yes I, no that's what you you know, you call a butcher a butcher. You call somebody who sells fish a fishmonger. That's I'm not. It, this isn't politically correct or anything. I mean, I'm just, you know, okay. that's what you call them. I mean, and it's even in the article. So it's, it's so it's good for everybody, but the fishmonger who's being cut out. Exactly, the middleman. They're cu- they're totally cutting out the middleman who's and selling. That's good who's, for the yeah, everybody, exactly. but the middleman. Exactly, which is the fish buyers and the major. 
corporations and the the supermarkets. You're missing my point, Rob. It's good (laughs) for everybody but the fish buyers. You're putting them out of business now. Yeah. That's that's (laughs) not a good thing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why is... Why is it not a good thing to put somebody out of business? Well... I'm, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to see the downside of this. Hang on, I'm trying to think. I can get a lobster for three. The downside is if you're a fish buyer who's been buying fish for all these years, and suddenly they're cutting you out, so they can go straight to the consumer and bypass you and put you out of business. Hey, free market economics, man. Free market economics. All right. I'm just throwing that out there because that's I fine. Mean, and when I you're when everybody and their brother is starting to buy fish, uh, you know, in, in 30 days and you don't have anybody to sell to, then that's free market economics. True. True. Okay. But I'm saying if I can buy a lobster for, you know, dollar a pound versus, you know, $6 a pound. Just saying. I know. I hear you. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Good for everybody but the fishmonger. True. Okay. <laughs> and I do not mean that discouragingly, so let me go ahead and say that. Uh, all right. What else we got? What's happening fishing-wise? Not much. Well, uh, well, the lakes are doing okay. Um Anybody who wants to trout fish, the dams are totally blowing water right now, so you can't really trout fish in this area. Telcos, I've seen a a lot of good fish on the telco, but it's been hit or miss based on how much rain we get. And we've been getting a lot of water, so again, it's hit and miss. Uh, The lakes are doing good with crappie right now, some big crappie coming off the lakes, but that's all I've seen. I saw uh, one of the commissioners went fishing yesterday morning before a commission meeting. Huge stroppers, as you call them, stroppers. Striper. They, they were big. Hmm. Where was so, it? Uh, he's up in uh, Tri-Cities area. Yep. So it was, uh, they were big. I, I was like, man, I'd like to be doing that. So. I was I was happy for him, and he did it. That might have been why he was late to the meeting. <laughs> I can see that. That's a that's a fair enough pass. All right, it's time to go pay a bill. When we come back, we'll be wrapping up the show on Tony Sanders Outdoors. The old man ran the bait shop. Baby's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at babiesfertilizer.com. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back to Bernie Sanders Outdoors. Wrapping it up. This beautiful Saturday morning. Rain's coming. Get out and hunt. Rain's coming about noon, so you want to get out there and hunt quickly. Uh, Some some other things that came out of our meeting yesterday. The uh, elk. I was surprised that we didn't have more elk harvested than we did. We had, uh, I think, a total of, uh, was it eight? Let's see, seven. Two taken by archers, one taken by the youth, and four taken during the gun hunt. So that was uh, much less than, than I would have expected, actually. Yeah, normally there's double digits, but uh, it's still a new, uh, well, I want to say new. I mean, I know you've been around a while, and I have too, but it's still a new hunting aspect. True. So, I mean, you know, they're still tweaking tweaking it, and, you know, not every hunt's going to be successful. So, you know, you know, they draw X number of permits, and, you know, if they're successful, great. If not, you know. So be it. So, probably the um, the one disappointing thing that uh, I saw in the the deer numbers yesterday was what's happened in the CWD um, area. Yeah, it's, it's really down. I saw that. I saw that. And and the the part about that that's disappointing to me. There's no reason for that other than hunters have quit going. True, and I think you know some people are worried about the CWD, but there's been no like you like we've reported. There's been no deer human transmission even in cooking, so I don't know why the numbers are down. Um, yeah, overall the harvest was down eighteen percent. Does were down thirty percent. Wow. Um, we did I had eighteen hundred and ninety four Erna bucks, uh, and that's basically uh, if they had a couple of different programs out there in in that zone, which is that you know kind of the the lower lower western corner of the state, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and so I mean I understand the. If you're if you're only hunting for food, then okay, uh, we are doing testing out there, uh, and you know the the prevalence by county is really still pretty small. Um, the Fayette, which is by far the highest, is at thirteen and a half percent with twenty two hundred sampled. Uh, Hardeman is at seven point eight percent with twenty two hundred sampled. So. Uh, you still, 
you know, the, the, the flip side of that is you still got 87% that uh, are not CWD infected. So it, it just, I don't know. I was just, I was really surprised at the drop. And, and we, I knew it was coming because uh, they've been telling us that it had been, there had not been a lot of harvest in the CWD that um, we, again, we didn't expect it to fall off that bad. And I saw a lot of people on social media that said, um, you know, they just weren't going to go. So mm-hmm. I don't know why, but, 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 you know, TWA needs those numbers. You know, they need to check the deer. And I mean, if you shoot a deer, you, you know, obviously on that area, you have to have it checked. But I think that more data helps TWA. You know, I think coming from a college scientific background, any data is good. Right. As long as you get it. So we can get those hunters out there. I think it'll really help us. True. But the problem is, is people aren't going to go out there to help TWRA. That can be True. an incidental or part of it. True. But they've got to want to go hunt. So. True. And if they don't, then they won't. True, true. So. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I don't remember anything else significant coming out of the discussions. Uh, some tweaks to the bear hunting, um, small tweaks to the uh, the elk stuff. Nothing significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, uh, you know, oh, the the one thing about the turkey thing that was somewhat significant. They there's there's nine counties that they're wanting to delay the start of the turkey season. And it was like, uh, I guess it was, I don't remember who called earlier, talked about the turkeys, uh, but, you know, delaying when they uh, have given them time to nest and all of that. So. Okay. That makes sense. So anyway, that's, that's the plan. That's been proposed. We'll be voting on that in May. Well, um, I'm glad y'all will be voting on that in May. Um, The only thing, speaking of May and uh, the future, the only thing we have on the calendar, uh, Ross called in and told us about the DU Greenwing Youth Event at Covey Creek Farm starting July 11th from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. So, Mark your calendars and get your youth, your kids and uh, grandkids and children out there and let them have a big time out at Covey Creek Farms. There you go. All right. We're done. It's been a fun show. Thank you so much for being part of it and uh, look forward to speaking to everybody next week on Tony Sanders Outdoors. I can make a living from walking in the woods. You can bet I've been sitting pretty good. You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoor.